Hey, this is Scotty Vermillion. I want to thank you for tuning in to the Daniel Boone podcast today. We would like to invite you to worship with us at Daniel Boone Baptist Church in Gate City, Virginia on Sunday mornings at 11 o'clock. Or you can join us on Facebook for live sermons and daily interactions that will keep you in touch with God and in step with His kingdom. Any other big kid want to go downstairs? You can. <laughs> oh, it's great to see everybody. Wasn't that sweet? Oh, my goodness. I'll think about that all week. I want you to take your bullets, and if you don't have one, just look off your neighbors. And if you've got a pen or pencil or a crayon or whatever you got, turn over to the back of it. I want you to, uh, I want you to draw a circle on the back, right in the middle, about a two-inch circle. And then around the, inside the circle, I just want you to put God in there. Just put, you can put God, G-O-D, G-O-D, God, right in the middle. And then around the circle, put anything else that, uh, that's a part of your life. And basically, uh, I put work, church, family, uh, recreation, whatever you want to put. Anything that's in your, in your sphere, Okay. Just put that there. But I do want you, as, as, as a Christian, we're going to put God in the middle of it. The circle's kind of our, uh, our life, so to speak. It's the emotional part. It's the spiritual part. It's the mental part. That's what that circle is. And God is right in the center of it. That's what we learn in church uh, is to put God in the center of it. So just put that as a reference point, okay? Just keep that as a reference point. Today we're going to talk about Thanksgiving and we're going to talk about some stuff. Uh, I was coming out of Walmart yesterday. We went to the football game at Graham. We stopped at Walmart, and as I was coming out, there was these two older ladies, and one of them, they were having a conversation, and one said to the other, I've already got two pans of something. I can't remember exactly. She said, but I'm going to go ahead and get another one just in case. Uh, and so I thought about my mother-in-law. Because uh, that sounded like her, doesn't it? You know, I'm gonna make sure I got enough. Make sure we got plenty for everybody. And I started thinking about for for some people on Thanksgiving. And my wife reminded me of this. Some for some people, this is a hard time. You know, uh, whether it's it's preparing food for everybody, or whether it's the memory of a loved one that's that's gone, or whether it's a memory of a season of life that has passed by, and now you're in a new season. Thanksgiving is can be a hard can be a hard time, and so can Christmas, you know. And so this is kind of the beginning of uh, a season of Thanksgiving of celebrating the birth of Christ in a, in a couple uh, in a few weeks. But it can also be uh, a difficult a difficult time. It brings what I would say seasonal anxiety, you know. Uh, and we're very thankful for all kinds of things. But but sometimes we get into this, and Leanne and I were talking this past week, how some Christmas can sometimes be, can bring on uh, seasonal anxiety. You know, spending spending all kinds of money for things that just it ain't going to last long. Uh, and, but but it's, it's a good thing, too, to buy folks stuff that, you know, make them feel good, tell them you love them. But here's what I wrote down for seasonal anxiety. Overthinking, overspending and underthinking. You know what I mean by that? Just taking things for granted and not being grateful and thankful and just complaining about all the stuff that's that I've got to do or stuff that's going to go wrong or stuff that's went wrong. Overthinking, overspending, and underthinking. And I also think that thinking in reverse causes anxiety. 
when we spend too much time looking in the rearview mirror of life, that can bring on anxiety. You know, I coached in, uh, for many years, and I've, I never got one official to change a call. Never. Not one time did they change a call for me. And so uh, you've heard it many times, uh, 10% of life is what happens to you, 90% is how you re- respond to it. And so thinking in reverse can sometimes do that as well. But the title of today's message is With Thanksgiving. And we're going to go to Philippians chapter 4, and we're going to read verses uh, 6 and 7. Philippians 4. Verses 6 and 7, with thanksgiving. Anxiety, anxiety. Raise your hand and be honest if you struggle with some form of anxiety. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says to be anxious, to have anxiety for nothing. Now, I, I could probably stop right there, and we know that this is the Word of God, that, that God breathed it through Paul to the church, and we could probably preach the whole sermon just on four words, be anxious for nothing. You know what I mean? Be anxious for nothing. Think about it. I said last week, if it, think about it a year from now. Is this going to matter? You know, is this going to matter? But be anxious for nothing, but in everything, everything by prayer and supplication with what? Thanksgiving, with Thanksgiving, it's, it's like the uh, it's it's like the secret potion or not potion, but it's a secret ingredient to getting what we're reading today. With Thanksgiving, we let our requests be made known to God. Remember, a few weeks ago, I said a lot of times we don't have because we don't ask. We think our, we think about it. We think it to death. We worry it to death, but do we really go to God with it and say, God, here this is. Straighten my thinking out on this. Help me. Make your request known to God. It says, and the peace of God, because he is the God of peace, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, Regard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Heavenly Father, thank you for this word. God, help us today to apply this word to uh, this season that we're going through. Many of us, in fact, you already saw our hands that were raised. Most of us deal with some form or fashion of anxiety. And so today I pray that you would pour this scripture out upon us and help us to learn how to deal with those things that make us anxious and make us worry. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. I pray that you dismiss me, Lord, as well. Anoint my lips to speak your truth in Jesus' name. Amen. Being anxious for nothing. Um, sometimes I get up here and I'm a little anxious because I've tried to put things together. And last week I put a, I just copy paste down through there. I duplicate slides and then I forgot to change the, uh, the, the, the title of it. So I've got all tore up. Y'all remember that one? And so if, if I just lose this, are y'all okay with that? Yeah, if I, good, perfect. That's what I want. That's what I need to hear today. No, I'm kidding. But uh, with Thanksgiving, we think about the peace of God guarding our hearts and our minds. Do you know that really it's a battle of the mind? Like all anxiety starts in the mind. If you if you really want to think about it, and, and we're going to break it apart just a little bit today, but it's really a battle for the mind. Second Corinthians uh, ten five says this. It says to take every thought captive. Now, why do you think Paul would put that in there to the church? Because I believe that Paul understood something and, the, and God breathed it through him. 
I believe that God understood that it all begins in the mind. And if we allow any thought to capture our mind, the potential problem is that it can go from our mind down to our what? To our heart. Now, if we go back to Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, it says that the peace of God will guard our what? Our hearts and our minds. Those two things are two different things, but they work together. Okay? It's like in a team. You can have a team full of all kind of skilled players, but unless they work together, you won't be successful. It's the same thing with our heart and our mind, remember. And so it's the heart and the mind, and the battle really is in the mind. And I'm going to try to draw a mental picture for you because it's all about taking every thought captive. Here's what worry does. Here's what worry. Let me read this first to you. Proverbs 12.25. I think it's the next one I have. Proverbs 12.25, and this is out of the NIV. This says, anxiety weighs down the heart. Okay, anxiety weighs down the heart. Now, I feel that one. When I am anxious, I'm worried, I'm stressed, and I'm, I want to just quit, I'm ready to give up, my heart feels heavy. Y'all get that? And so the Bible says that in Proverbs that anxiety weighs down the heart. It's a downward push, goes from the mind to the heart, okay? It starts in the mind. It's a battle for the mind. Worry weighs down the heart. Now, so I want you to see it like this. Just draw you a mental picture of a heart and then of a mind up here. And you know what feeds the mind is the ears and the eyes and, you know, and, and what goes in. And so, uh, and then that thing in your, in your, in your head called the, your brain that constantly goes around and around things and never gets anywhere and ends up at the same place. That's worry. Okay. Trying to control things that are not within your control or trying to control future possibilities and giving future possibilities current emotions as treatment. That this don't, it doesn't work. But I want you to draw here's the heart and here's the mind when we when we take in thoughts and we let them go down to the heart that are anxious worrisome fearful what it does is it weighs down the heart okay it it doesn't create positive action and what the bible's telling us to do in second corinthians chapter 10 verse 5 it says to take every thought when it comes in captive that means snatch it up before it can get loose and then it says in here to take it uh, and I will have to go back. I'm so sorry. But to take it to Jesus, basically what it says, okay? It says, take every thought captive to the submission of, of Jesus Christ, and you lay it in front of him. And so really what you're doing is you're taking it, comparing it to the word, bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. You're taking it to the word of God, and you're saying, does this match up with what your word tells me? Here's your biggest problem, and it's mine. We worry and have anxiety because we do not take those thoughts captive and apply the word of God to it and say, is, is this what you say in your word, in the word of God about this thing, whatever it is? Any thought that you might have of, um, hatred or anger or division towards other people is not of God. You won't find that in the word of God. God says in his word to love your enemies and to do good to those who hurt you and then harm you. And so you have to take the word of God and apply it to every thought, take every thought captive. So you've got your heart and you've got your mind and all this stuff's going in to weigh down your soul. But there's another thing I believe that the Bible teaches us to do and, and what it will actually do will help us to flip the flow of emotions. 
So God says in, I want you to go to Isaiah 41.10. I believe I've got it up here. And we're going to talk about the Lord upholding us or lifting us up. And when I say flip the flow, currently, uh, for me personally, when I feel that anxiety and those thoughts going and pressing my heart down, the flow is downward. I feel heavy. I feel burdened. I feel my heart sick, you know. But what God's trying to teach me to do, and I'm trying to paint the picture for you, is to take the Word of God and to take the things that we're learning here today and the things we learn in our circles of brothers and sisters, to take those things, and it says to to let them flow to the heart. It's a natural flow. So it goes from the head, so we we hear that God wants us to love our enemies as ourselves and to do good to those who harm you. So we take that, and it's the Word of God, and we let it go to our heart. And what we start to do is let our heart to start to believe. Our mind believes it, now our heart starts to believe that this is the way I should act. And sometimes acting on God's Word is contrary to our human feelings and emotions, True. And so the more I act upon those things, and it takes faith, and it's impossible to please God without faith, the more I act upon those, th- those things, it gives my heart a, a reverse flow that encourages my mind, and it pushes out anxiety. So what pushes out anxiety? The Word of God, the truth of the Word of God, and acting upon the things that God has said to put in your heart. Take every thought captive in submission and obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. And when he says that's not according to my word, get rid of it. If he says it is according to my word, let it go on deeper. And as you feed your heart and the spirit that lives inside of you, that spirit that was once dead, remember, but what made it alive? Salvation. And the spirit that now is alive in Christ agrees with the thought that goes down, love your enemies as yourself, and all of a sudden your spirit's encouraged because it agrees with the thought that you put in your heart. And so what you're doing is you're flipping the flow of it. Instead of worry, tension, pressure, stress, anxiety, pressing your heart down, what you're doing is you're flipping it, and the things that the Lord is igniting in your heart, according to the Word of God and His Spirit, is lifting your heart up. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10 says this. It says, fear not, fear not. Now, I, I love that. There's, it's in the Bible 365 times, and we think that that's one for each day. But if you just tell me to fear not, and I'm in a fearful situation, I'm going to say, okay, that sounds great, but how do I do that? You know what I mean? How do I do that? Like when I was coaching, we tell our guys to take good shots. Okay, well, you better teach them prior to what a good shot is, or they're just going to think, well, this, I guess a good shot's when I shoot it. <laughs> you know, that's what my mom says anyway. Right. <laughs> and dad and dad gives it a double thumbs up. So anyway, I need to know how to fear not. What well, he tells us, he says, fear not for I'm with you. You know, a lot of times when a child's scared, all he needs is, or she needs is your, your company. Fear not for I'm with you. We have the Lord's company. Be not dismayed for I'm your God. I will strengthen you. Have you ever been in a moment you needed strength and you didn't, know, you didn't know where it was going to come from, but finally, once you prayed and reached out to God, you found strength? Yes, I will help you. And then he says, I will uphold. I think God is teaching me and teaching you today that he is deep inside in our spirit, the spirit of God that made us alive in Christ. He is deep inside of us, upholding us, pushing out worry and anxiety. He says, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And so the cure flows up from the heart and the spirit and transforms our minds. Did you know that the Bible says that we need to allow the word of God to transform our minds? 
Yeah, transform our minds. I'm in a constant state of needing mind transformation. Does anybody agree with me on that one? You are too, aren't you? I mean, I get, I get close to God sometimes. I'm on a mountaintop, and, it does, and it's, it's just like my mind goes to a crazy place. And I'm like, where did that come from? It's because I took a break in mind transformation. It's why church is important. It's why Bible study is important. It's why getting on your knees every morning is important. It's why submitting to the Lord, putting God in the center, and keeping Him there is important, okay? Because it's about your mind. It's about mind transformation. So I'm going to ask you this question. I'm going to ask you this question. Why am I anxious? And I'm going to answer it for you. Why am I anxious? I started to title it that, but I thought Thanksgiving with Thanksgiving would do that. But why am I anxious? What is the root or the cause of anxiety? Because it's hard to solve an issue if you don't know exactly what caused the issue. You see what I mean? For us, spiritually. And so, why am I anxious? What's the root uh, or cause of anxiety? Number one is fear. Number one is fear. Would you agree? Fear. Fear of things that, you know, uh, and and we're going to go back to the back of your bulletin in a few minutes, and it's going to make a lot of sense. Fear that I don't have enough or, or I'm not enough. Or fear that I can't measure up or get it done or fear that they won't love me or they will love me or they'll hate me or fear of relational things or fear of whatever fears the root cause one of the root causes of anxiety and so i want to go to psalm 56 verses 3 and 4 the psalmist says and it's david here he says whenever i'm afraid and really the reason i brought this one up is because i want you to know that david the man after god's own heart the man that god used in the bible to do mighty and awesome things also experienced the same type of fear and anxiety that we experience you know what i mean this is why am i afraid i will trust in you in god i will praise his word in god i have put my trust i will not fear what can mortals or what can flesh, mere mortals, do to me? Sometimes we just fear people, you know. Uh, I, think, I think for teenagers, it's, it's peer, the, the peer pressure, the, the fitting in, the reputation, the, all that stuff. We, f- we have that fear in us, and so we, we think that we have to do this or that just to, just to fit in. But the psalmist here says that when I'm afraid, I trust in you. So my question to you concerning fear is where do you go? when you fear and i just want to encourage you to uh, take it to the lord whatever it is i don't know what your fears are i know what mine are but take it to the lord and once they come back up take it back to him again you know we have this misconception that if we take it to him once it's supposed to disappear what doesn't it comes back up and so you take it to him again it's like forgiveness i'll forgive you and then when it comes back up i got to forgive you again and it comes back i got to forgive you again eventually you're forgiven and i'm through it and it's over same thing with fear. Number two, unbelief. Unbelief. One of the reasons we have anxiety is because of unbelief. Basically, it's this. It's whether I believe God or not. When unbelief takes root in our hearts, anxiety grows. When we read something or hear something or see something or have something spoke to our spirit by the Spirit of God, and then we turn from it and don't, and not, and don't believe it, It creates anxiety for us, okay? Anxiety often leaves us feeling hopeless. Go to Mark chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. This was the man who had a had a young, uh, had a son who was who was sick and and dying and Jesus uh, he came to Jesus and and Jesus said to him, "If you can believe, talking about healing, all things are possible to him who believes." All things are possible to him who believes. 
And immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, now this is probably every one of us who has kids who's went through a hard time. You hear what I'm saying? All of us have said, Lord, I do believe, but I need you to help my unbelief. Does anybody have the unbelief? Yeah, I do too. And so we are to cry out to God to help remedy our unbelief. Anxiety leaves us hopeless, feeling, feeling kind of like, is there ever an end to this? And what, what about the overpowering awareness of and focus on the extremities? Sometimes we're anxious because we have our eyes on the extremities instead of our current situation and current calling. And we'll give you an example here in just a second. Or anxiety comes when we give future possibilities, present value, and assign real emotions as treatment. We give future possibilities, present value, and we assign current real emotions to treat those things. That brings on anxiety. We've got this lift at work that we change banners with in the gym and stuff like that. When I first started coaching at Twin Springs, I got up in this old gray lift. And some of you all have seen that. It's this Connected by a chain, it's scary. But anyway, it didn't bother me at all. I got up, changed stuff, cleaned stuff, came to Gate City, and we had a new, we had a new lift come come in the county a couple years later, and we got it was the blue one. I call it the blue one. Anyway, it was new at the time. It's not now. But I got up and cleaned all the the vents and the goal and the banners. And I don't know what it was, but six or eight years ago, I tried to get up in that thing and go back up there. And I'm telling you. I was freaking out, you know, I, I just couldn't do it. I, it caused some crazy anxiety. And so I spent five or six years not touching that thing, you know, and I don't know why, but last year I, I climbed back up in it and went up and I was fine. I have no idea what happened there, but I did start thinking about that this week. And here's one thing that happens when I get in that lift. When I get in the lift to go high in the, in the air, I have to focus on my, my surroundings, what's around me, the controls that control it. And not necessarily the chain that's pulling me up, you know, behind the scenes or even the power. I have to focus on right, right here and now. And I don't even focus now as I go up in that thing on the depth or the height that I am off the ground. Because I know that by, by prior experience, I know if I start looking down and looking around, I might get, I might start getting scared. And that is what we do in life too. We will take our eyes off of the current calling that God has on us and we'll start thinking about what ifs possibilities what if this chain breaks what if this bucket comes out because I weigh more than the recommended weight to go in the bucket which I do you know what what if what if what if what if what if the power shuts off which has actually happened a couple times what if the power shuts off while I'm up here what if I get stuck up here forever will anybody throw me a uh, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich you know all that kind of stuff it's the what ifs. And I also thought about this. What if I look too far out instead of keeping my focus on the bucket and its controls and I lose sight of my mission? What happens is my heart gets heavy with fear and I end up having to come down and I don't accomplish what God's called me to do, which is take down the banner and put up a new one. You hear what I'm saying? The same thing in life. It's that fear. It's that looking around at the extremities. And so what's the cure for anxiety? Very simple. It's very simple, really. One is put God at the center. Put God at the center. Turn your page, page over. Uh, I want to I show you something here. 
I'm going to show you something. And for, the first thing is faith. Faith is basically this, okay? Faith is, ste- is basically stepping out and actually doing what you believe to be true. Now, hear what I'm saying. We learn stuff in here, but the enemy wants you to go to Hobnob and start eating and then start talking and get in a conversation like, that all sounds good, but it won't work for me. Now, that's not true. If it's in here, it will work for you. Okay. It might not work tomorrow. You know, sometimes it's like me putting on a bunch of weight. It took me 10 years to put this many pounds on. It's probably not going to come off by Monday. It's going to take some work. You see what I mean? But there's a plan. There's a plan that will work. And when you do it according to the plan, I'm talking about life in general. When you do it according to the plan, you'll build something that will stand uh, the storms. You hear what I'm saying? Okay. So it's really about faith. It's stepping out and actually doing it his way. Not simply just a mindset, but a way of life. Not simply just a mindset. And we all talk a good talk, but do we live it? Do we actually do what God's word says? Do we close our mouths? Do we, do we resist the devil when he tempts us? Do we put those things in practice and walk in them so that we can see fruit? So it's faith. And number two is belief. Belief. And, and those, you may think those are the same thing, but, but it's not. Really, it's very difficult for me to have faith in something that I don't believe. So I first got to believe it. I got to believe God for who he is. When we built teams, that was the first thing we talked about was, look, you have to believe that I have all the answers right now according to the program I'm going to put in front of you and that I love you and have your best interests in mind. That's what we start off with and that we want to succeed. And that's the way God is. As I grow in my belief... Believing God in his word, I also grow in obedience. When I believe God for what his word says and he challenges me to obey, to hold back my words, to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Yeah, who struggles with that? Nobody. Yeah, quick to listen, two ears, slow to speak, one mouth. When I actually do that and I don't speak when I really, really want to, I can trust God in faith because I believe his word that there will be fruit that comes from that. Who's ever spoke before thinking and listening? Okay, hands everywhere. Yeah, what's the consequences of that? Some of you are still trying to clean up the mess that it made, and me too. You hear what I'm saying? We're trying to clean up the mess that we made because we didn't do it. Like we think that walking, walking this faith walk is difficult. It's really not. It's taking everything that the Bible says quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, and you apply it to your life. You'll get a chance to do that today when you leave here. You'll get a chance to talk in there about, or to look at that stuff. You know where it talks about the seven things God, God hates? You know what one of those are? Haughty eyes. When you feel pride coming up, like, I tell you what, this is how we're going to do it, because I said so, that ain't a good place. You're not in a good place. You know, now if we're going to do it this way because it's the right way to do it, it's God's way to do it, and if we do it the other way, it's going to be unethical and moral and whatnot, then stand on it. Draw a line and say, here's how we're going to do it because it's right. Not because you have pride over it. You hear what I'm saying? I learned, I, that took a while in coaching. I had to learn that the hard way, you know, to have all these rules and here's how we're going to do this and here's how we're going to do that. When this, when this rule doesn't apply really to him, it might apply to him. But it's really not good for him. You learn a lesson. You hear what I'm saying? And so you have to be very careful about that. 
And so uh, back to our, our scripture, and that's about belief, belief and faith working hand in hand. Uh, and so it's really this, and I want you to go to Galatians, I believe it's 6 verse 9. No, I'm sorry, stay right there, perfect. I want you to look at this first. It's really about exercising faith. That means, God, you told me that this is the direction I need to move in, so I'm going to take a step in faith. And then it is operating from a belief system based on God's word, okay? Based on God's word. And that's really up to you. I can't give you enough on Sunday to help you build a belief system. That's something you've got to do week, daily, weekly, and, and it, takes a, it takes a good while for you to figure it out. And it's still taking me a good while, obviously, to figure it out. We're all works in progress. But we need to exercise faith and, op, and operate from belief. Is Galatians 6, 9 in there? Did I put it in there? Yes. I want you to read this, too. We all, somebody needs to hear this. Don't grow weary while doing good. I want to even, I'll substitute this in there, but I'm not changing the word of God. But I believe God has given me permission to do this. Don't grow weary in walking out your faith. Would everybody agree that this is not an easy thing to do? Because the world's contrary to you. Guess what else is contrary to you? You're contrary to you. Your flesh. Now, has anybody ever chased the flesh and how you feel and the emotions that, that drive you? How did that turn out? You hear what I'm saying? There's a better way. It's in submitting to the Lord. And so let us not grow weary while walking out this faith, while doing good. For in due season, in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. We shall reap if we do not lose heart. I'm going to say three things to you and then I'm going to be done. Trying to control anxiety. Give you three practical things. One, control what you can. Control what you can control. Leave the rest of it. If there's something that is driving you crazy, and we all got something, I know we do. If something's driving you crazy, after two hours of worrying about it and meddling on it and pondering on it, who in here likes to ponder? Okay. Stop pondering on the thing that's causing you anxiety if it's outside of your control. Ponder the word of God. If, if you can't ponder the word of God and say, God, give me something. Help me to turn to it. And get in there and start flipping through until you find something to ponder on. And ponder on that. And let that go down deep. And get your mind off the thing that's driving you crazy. Okay? You got to turn from it. Control what you can control and leave the rest up to God. Second is separate genuine concerns from needless anxieties. Some of the things that cause me anxiety is an important thing. And I need to change it from worry to action. And so I, I did that in, in coaching a lot of times. And it had nothing to do with basketball or the sport, but it had to do with what this player or that player was doing when I, they were not in my um, care, where, where they were the habits they were creating, and what they were bringing to the locker room. Those things caused me all kinds of anxiety. And finally one day I was like, you know what, I'm just going to call their parents in. We're just going to sit and have a conversation. And that's what we did. And I can give you two players that still come back to me today and say it changed my life because when my dad found out I was doing such and such, uh, you know, he, he, got, he got with me, <laughs> you know. So, And those two guys are doing well. There are many others that didn't, you know. I had a parent one time say, well, I was young and I did it, and so he's going to do it. Right in front of the child. And I'm like, no, man, just because you did it don't mean it's good, you know. You learn from it. 
And so sometimes you have to take action. Does that make sense to you what I'm saying? Separate genuine concerns from needless anxiety and act on the concerns. All right. And then thirdly, take every thought captive. I think that might be the most powerful thing we do today is learn to take every thought captive. Once we do that, the Lord will breathe on it and let us know what is something we need to uh, let go down to our heart uh, and something we need to act upon. Okay. Close your eyes with, close your eyes and bow your heads with me. I'm going to ask you a couple questions. And then we're going to be done. Raise your hand today if there's something you need to lay down that's causing you some some heavy anxiety. Just raise your hand. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Good. Heavenly Father, Lord, you saw the hands go up. And God, in this time of thanksgiving, God, we we do want to be thankful. Honestly, God, sometimes I know what to do. But my emotions lie to me and tell me that, that I can't do that. Like sometimes I come, my emotions tell me I can't even be thankful because I'm not worthy to even be looked upon by you. But God, God's word says that we're all sinners, but that you, through your son, Jesus Christ, that you paid the penalty for that sin and that if I believe in his name and confess it, that I'm saved and that you've covered me and cleansed me. And so I want to apply the word to that emotion and say, no more, devil. You cannot have a foothold on me in that. You can't set up camp in my head. The enemy's got to go because the Bible says that if we resist him, he will flee from us. And so I resist the temptation to think those thoughts, and I am going to be thankful today. And so, God, that's how my mind works. I run in circles a lot. And so so does everybody else here. And you saw the hands. I pray that we would quit running in circles over some things that you've called us to release to you and help us to take action in some places that you are calling us to take action, the genuine concerns. God, I pray for that, for these people. I also pray for every individual here that whatever it is that they need today, that you would provide a way, a method, that you'd provide a word, an encouraging word from uh, from heaven, Lord, that would address their need. We all have different needs. And so, Lord, we're here today asking that you would provide for those needs and God as we as we move from this place and go about our way this week help us to draw to mind and you you just go ahead and bring them to our mind the things that we often take for granted God that we need to pause and be thankful for today Lord we love you and we thank you it's in Jesus name I pray amen